Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. All right. Hey, we're, um, we're kicking off something new today. Um, but today is the first Sunday of the second half of the year. Like... How did that just happen? How about that first half of the year? (laughs) And really, I mean, the last six months, there was really only one big news story, wasn't there? It was um, Prince Harry and Meghan leaving the royal family. (laughs) Uh, Big news. No, the the coronavirus is just... uh, really turned the world on its head. It really was just a one news, one story news cycle and most of the news still, it continues to be either that or things related to that. And, uh, you know, it was such a big thing happening all across the world. Um, And then with all of our access to so much information, there is just so many ideas and opinions that we're reading and that we absorb and you sort of add that to our own uncertainty about perhaps jobs or health or finances and um, I'll just move that a tweak. Um, It can often feel like everything's just sort of shaking underneath us, doesn't it? And, uh, and we find ourselves just looking for something solid to stand on. And uh, that's why we're going to do a series over these next few weeks, and we're going to be calling it Solid Ground. And um, because that's what I know, that in seasons like this, so many of us are just looking for something, oh, just give me something solid while everything else seems to be, to be shaking and, uh, and swirling. So, um, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to give some guidance some wisdom, finding some firm footing in this, uh, in this season that we're in. And uh, I think that uh, picture already came up. It was kind of like those cows, you know? You see that one? Those cows. It's like, that was an earthquake down the South Island. Those cows are going like, it's okay, we're okay, we're okay. And uh, while the earth was sort of falling around, uh, they're all okay, and they are okay. They, uh, they got them sorted out. So let's pray, and we'll, uh, we'll rip into it. God, it, uh, it's such an incredible thing, really, that uh, in a world that is, uh, feels like under siege almost with this virus, like what a privilege we are in this country to be able to meet together as your people and and to do so with, uh, with relative safety around our health. Uh, but God, there's still so much that is, um, can shake in our lives. And we just pray that, that today, God, we just welcome your presence here. We just invite you to come. God, for each one of us, God, that you would, um, you would plant something of, that, is, uh, that is of goodness and truth and life in our hearts. God, we just open our hearts to you. Open. We know that you're a God who speaks. Sometimes it's a still, small voice. Sometimes it's a bit louder. 
But God, we, we invite you to speak today in ways that will, will bring blessing, will bring courage, strength, and wisdom, and life. Amen. All right, so a lot of things that are swirling. When you think about information that's, uh, that's out there, obviously there's the, uh, the pandemic itself, and uh, I think it's like 11 million cases, and I know that there are uh, many countries that uh, lots of people aren't get, they get sick, they don't get tested. It could be 10 times that, that amount. Um, the infections per day is increasing. Um, there's a little, little slide here that sort of shows that um, it might be a bit too small to see. We've lost our side screens today, so sorry about that. Um, so, but infections, like some countries, they sort of drop, but then in Europe it's ta- tapering off, but everywhere else it's, it's, it's on the charge. I think they, just listening on the news this morning, they said they had the highest um, number of positive tests in a 24-hour period, 212,000 across the world. And uh, we know that it can be fatal for those that are, are vulnerable, you know, the elderly, those with previous health conditions. Deaths are increasing around the world, you know, 5,000 deaths per, per day around the world. And uh, we've found out, uh, we've learned a lot, a lot of words, haven't we? Like one of the ones is you can be asymptomatic. Whoever knew there was such a word as asymptomatic? Uh, probably everyone, but just not me. But um, um, International travel, you know, very, very limited. All countries around the world have got some forms of restrictions around how their citizens can do life, uh, from border quarantines right through to, to full lockdowns. And, uh, and then there's, that's just from the newspapers that, you know, and the news on the radio. And then there's all the things that are swirling on social media, just news, news, news. Here's a few things that I've been hearing. That coronavirus is a bioweapon. Something else, that governments are using the disease to bring in more control over people. You know, they're, they're, they're heading towards wanting to control people. Uh, we've heard things like that lockdowns is just liberals uh, trying to destroy religious communities. We've heard that uh, Donald Trump or Boris Johnson are the Antichrist. Maybe both of them. Maybe they're doing a tag team. Uh, it's just things I've heard. Um, I've heard that uh, Trump wants anyone with the coronavirus antibodies to get a mark. And maybe some people say, mate, it's the mark of the beast. It's just things I've heard. I've heard about QAnon. Who's heard of QAnon? It's like, what's that all about? This is like the secret plot to bring down Donald Trump by the deep state. You heard of the deep state? an elite group of people who actually really run the world. I've heard that 5G technology is getting a bad rap and that it's uh, some, some things we've heard is that it's responsible for the coronavirus. Some people say, no, the coronavirus is not real. It's just a story made up to cover for all of the health problems caused by 5G. And some are saying that 5G actually destroys the immune systems and then harmless viruses can now become deadly. So another one I've heard is that coronavirus was manufactured by Bill Gates. Anyone heard that? It's like uh, this is planned to depopulate an overcrowded planet. Um, 
other things to say that Bill Gates has actually also got a vaccine. And uh, it, when, he, when he releases it and get, people get injected, they're going to get injected with microdots, and that's going to help subdue people's free will. It's like, this is stuff I've read, you know? How much yet more should I talk about? <laughs> you know? Um, some people say governments are using the virus to push through their, their agendas and push funding towards their, their agendas. Um, and then I hear things as your pastor, I hear like, Matt, you've got to stop people who are spreading conspiracy theories on their social media because it's harmful for people. Matt, you've got, to, you've got to stand up to the government who's trying to take away the freedoms for, for people and are overreaching with all these rules and... You know, Matt, Matt, you're not saying, you're not speaking against this, which is kind of like the same as saying that you're, you're for it if you don't say anything against it. And it's like, whoo, who's feeling tired already? <laughs> um, I mean, some of you might find some of these things like amusing. Some of you might think that there's something to them. Some of you may be believe some of them very strongly. And um, there's a website in the States which is... Uh, just really focuses on political news. It's called politico.com and had an article last month and it was called this, You're Living in the Golden Age of Conspiracy Theories. How the Coronavirus Pandemic Primed America for a New Pandemic of Misinformation. And surveys have showed that, like they haven't done them here, but surveys have showed that 30% of uh, Americans believe in some kind of, some coronavirus conspiracy theory. There's another thing that's uh, sort of been swirling around uh, and there's been conversations around is that uh, is, where is God in the midst of this virus? Is this God's judgment on a naughty planet? And there are, you know, the people were saying that when earthquakes hit Christchurch, oh, it's God's judgment. In fact, we find people, some, some people sometime will say something like that about any time something bad happens. It's God's judgment. So, where's solid ground? Where's solid ground in the midst of all of this? Uh, what I'd like to talk about first is uh, why do we believe things? Just a little bit of the psychology of why we believe things, because we will sometimes believe things that, that aren't true, and good people will sometimes believe things that aren't true. It's like there's something about the way our brain works. It's always looking for answers that take away stress. Now, I'm going to talk about this as a very much a lay person when it comes to uh, these things. Um, I'd actually written down a whole lot of things about this and realized that like, if I'm going to talk to you about all of these things, that we're going to be here for about two hours. So I was up for a day, but I thought that you guys probably wouldn't be. So, um, But this is the punchline is that in a crisis, our brains are looking for something, some, something that helps to make sense of the crisis. And if you hear something that seems to line up with something that you value, you, your brain kind of latches onto it. And even, even if the facts are a little bit off, or even if 
it actually isn't true. Your brain kind of grabs it because then by grabbing a hold of it, you're, you're, you feel a release of the stress. It kind of because it's somehow this thing kind of makes sense so I can, I'm not as stressed. And, and then because it feels okay, you go, I must be right. Uh, it's a weird thing. We, we all have uh, biases. Like in psychology, people talk about this all the time. Um, if, uh, if you looked up cognitive biases, you'll get, this, uh, you'll get all sorts of lists of all these different biases that we have which influence how we engage with information. We've all got biases. And uh, if you look up, like in Wikipedia, uh, cognitive biases, there's a big table there, lists 185 of these different biases. And they've got really interesting cool names like the bandwagon effect or Bergson's paradox or dread aversion, Parsonson's law of triviality and zero-sum biases. That's just like cool names. Um, but there, there's this big one that you may have heard of. It's called confirmation bias, which is where we subconsciously look for things that confirm what we already think. So we go looking for things that we already believe, and we tend to discount anything and everything that contradicts what we believe. It's just a bias. It's just the way our brain works. So when we're bombarded by news and uncertainty and rapid change, um, we've got this thing which is called our salience network, which is, it doesn't normally kick in in normal life. So if you're just doing normal life, you're sort of, you're walking around, your brain's not engaging and going, walk pushed your body forward, catch yourself, do it again, oh, we're walking. You know, you're not, you're not thinking about a lot of things that you do because your brain just, it just is all, it's on auto on so many things. But then when something comes in that creates stress, like, uh, like a lion jumps out to, on your way to your car, yeah. just... <laughs> That's not in one note, so I don't know where that example came from, but, you know, you never know. And um, this salience network goes, like, activate, and then it, uh, you know, something kicks in, like a, a run or fight, probably run, <laughs> uh, or hide. Um, and then it kind of, the salience networks then access other networks in your brain and says, right, I'm going to give it to you now, and you make a decision about what we're going to do here. And... Uh, so when we get like a stressful situation or even like oh like this whole time of like uncertainty um we it, it activates our brain and we're looking for something to reduce our anxiety and so we find a well-produced video on youtube um about the you know the evils of 5g or and our or, and our confirmation bias kicks in and because we'd always sort of wondered about the harmful effects of, you know, radio waves, and uh, and we sort of and we can our brain can lock on to something that, when even if the facts may say something different, that we lo we can lock onto it. And psychologists say it's almost impossible to overcome confirmation bias, and uh, unless we really, really want to to do the work of uh, of getting past it. So. Um, Guess what we're going to be doing? We're going to get to some Bible soon. So just in case you thought this was a, a TED talk. So, um, but if you really want to look into this more, there's this incredible book that has been so helpful for so many people. It's a book called Thinking, Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. 
and um, just looks at how the mind makes uh, decisions. And he says, there's, there's things like that that has been proven by, you know, with looking at um, studies, uh, things like um, you believe something more if it's written in bold typeface. <laughs> things like, um, he says that... Uh, Judges are more likely to deny people parole in the mornings than in the afternoons. Things like um, people think that good-looking people are more trustworthy. Anyway, if you're wanting to look more into that, um, but he just talks about how we've got this fast system in our brain that it's for sort of saving our life, when we're in danger, but it also causes our biases to swallow and propagate conspiracy theories. So, so again, okay, let's, let's look at some, who's in defining some solid ground? Yeah, a few of us. <laughs> okay, so how do we follow, find solid ground with so much info swirling in our world? Like, I could, I could talk about lots of things. I'm just going to look at four things this morning. And... Um, if I don't go fast enough, it might only be three. So um, I'm going to look at finding solid, solid ground with what we hear. I'm going to be looking at finding solid ground around this whole issue of God's judgment. I'm going to be looking at finding solid ground through what we trust in. And looking at, if we get there, finding solid ground through how we engage with others. Okay, sound all right? All right, so finding solid ground with what we hear. Because not everything that we hear is true. So to find solid ground, we actually have to do the work of getting facts. We actually have to do the work of getting facts. There's some great wisdom in the Bible, in Proverbs, about this. Finding solid ground with what we hear. Proverbs 14, 15 says this, A gullible person will believe anything, but a sensible person will confirm the facts. We have to get the facts. We have to get the facts. Don't drink bleach to cure coronavirus. <laughs> Don't do it. It's not going to help. Those are the facts. And we've always got to remember with all of this information that's swirling out there, so many people have their own agenda and they're actually trying to push something. It may be a political agenda. It may be they're looking for some kind of financial gain by, by pushing something. They're looking for some kind of increase in their personal recognition profile, you know, the, the number of followers, the number of likes. So we've got to be aware of that. So when we're looking for the facts, we've got to do the work of thinking about, is this person like pushing something, an agenda here? Uh, we've got to do the work of admitting our own biases, look out for them. And, but we've just got to do the hard work of uh, investigating and learning and thinking more carefully. And you, remember, like, it was a few weeks ago now, I think that um, Jacinda talked about, our, my wife Jacinda, not the Prime Minister, um, quite liked it when they had big headlines talking about Jacinda, we'd cut them out, we'd pin them on the, on the thing at home. Um, my wife's name is Jacinda. Um, she talked uh, about 
social media and the impacts of uh, social media and how uh, the designers of social media design it in a certain way to keep you reading and keep you looking. And, and one of the things that social media does is they have, in many of them, they have these algorithms that uh, keep feeding you more of what you, you look at. You look at this and then it'll keep feeding you more. Have you noticed that? You'll look on something, you'll search on something on Google and the next minute like an advertisement for that exact thing pops up on your Instagram feed and uh, it's, it feeds you more. So then it can look like if, if you're looking at something that you're interested in, it can look like the whole world is interested in that same thing because that's, you're seeing it everywhere but it's because these algorithms are feeding that information to you. So it's just important to be aware of that. Here's some more great wisdom from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 13, 16, all who are prudent act with knowledge. Get the facts. Got to get the facts. Again, Proverbs 18, 13, listen before you speak or post. For to speak before you've heard the facts will bring humiliation. Like, I've heard this so many times. Like, people will be looking at something on their phone and they'll go, oh, oh, I wish they hadn't have said that. Have you heard that? It's like, they go, ooh, ooh, oh, I don't think they quite realize what that looks like. That makes them look a little mean. Or, ooh, that makes them look a little, like, not very clever. Or, it's like, oh, don't do that. And, uh, and Kiwis aren't very good at telling people, like, hey, like, you might want to not be posting those kind of things because it actually, you're not doing yourself any favors. And, uh, but good friends will do that. I know that, you know, we're all a little nervous that if we say something to our friends that uh, they may get offended and not like us anymore. But I guess good friends, it's just we've got to, don't we? We've got to, just to help people. Because we, we don't want people to speak and... Be, you know, be humiliated because they haven't got the facts. Proverbs 18, verse 2. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. Doesn't that sound like social media? <laughs> this is 3,000-year-old wisdom. Just as relevant today. Again, Proverbs 23, 23. Embrace the truth and hold it close. Don't let go of wisdom, instruction, and life-giving understanding. If you're looking for solid ground around what you hear, you've just got to do the work of getting the facts. Taking the time to work through what others say when they disagree with you. It's so easy, isn't it, when, you, when people disagree with us, is that you just, your instinct is just to like push them away. Or, or get defensive. It's like, no, we should listen and learn. Don't post anything without finding out if it's true. Yes, it does take effort, but speaking before you've got the facts can bring humiliation. I don't want any of us to have that. So there's some, some things to help us find solid ground around what you hear. And the punchline is get the facts. Let's look at finding some solid ground around this whole thing of, uh, of God's judgment. So, we read in the Bible that there have been famines 
and plagues and earthquakes, and they've been written down and attributed to, as God's judgment on, on rebellious people. So, like, is this God's judgment? That's a fair question to ask. Like, that's a fair question to ask. Like, when bad things happen, is this God's judgment? And the answer is, maybe. But we shouldn't automatically assume that it is. Like, people ask this similar question of Jesus. There was a, a man born blind in John 9, and the disciples uh, I'll read it out. Um, as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, talking to Jesus, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? So the disciples, in their thinking, it's just like anything bad is God's judgment. And Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him, and then he was healed. You know, Jesus is saying, like, not all, not all suffering is a result of, of bad things, of past sins. Another example where we see Jesus' wisdom on this, uh, and just giving some like, enlightenment to, to a people back then who just saw every bad thing as someone's done something wrong and God's punishing them. In Luke, uh, Luke's Gospel, Luke 13, and Jesus is on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, and the crowd there, they remind him of this massacre where Pilate, Pilate was the, the ruler over Israel, that he was under the Roman Empire, he was kind of their, their puppet ruler, if you like, over the whole of Israel, and he was a bad dude. And uh, it talks about how where Pilate killed some Galileans, Galileans is the northern part of, uh, Galilee is the northern part of Israel, killed some Galileans and mixed their blood with that of their own sacrifices. Like, what is this guy? Just really bad, you know, evil guy. And they're saying, like, what's happened there? Um, you know, looking, looking for who, who did bad things there. And Jesus, he says, he talks about, a recent tragedy that happened just in Jerusalem at the Pool of Siloam where a tower had collapsed and had killed 18 people. Jesus says this, said, Do you think the people who were massacred or the people on who the tower fell were sinners above all other sinners? And then Jesus answered his own question, No, I tell you. No, that's not, that's not the way it works. But he takes his opportunity to say, But unless you repent... Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And there's two things going on here. First, he's saying that clearly not all tragedy is a result of someone doing something bad or some group of people behaving more badly than some other group of people. So we've got to be careful before we say that pandemics or earthquakes or someone's house burned down or tornado that just come through recently is is the judgment of god we, we've got to be careful about saying that thing because we just maybe 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 not and the second thing is that maybe god allows some things to wake us up just to wake us up you know jesus is is he uses these things and he's saying like hey these things happen but like use it and think about your own situation. Unless you repent, you too will perish. 
C.S. Lewis, a great Christian author, um, wrote a book called The Problem of Pain. And he says this, we, can't, we can ignore even pleasure, but pain insists on, upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And maybe when things happen, maybe it's God just using a megaphone to a deaf world and say, Hey, wake up. Wake up. Don't forget that, you, that your life has only a certain number of days. Hey, don't forget that this life is meant to be spent in relationship with God. Wake up. You're vulnerable. One day, wake up. One day you're going to stand before me. Wake up. So when it comes to this virus, maybe, like, I'm not saying it's God's judgment. I, I, really, I'm not, but, like, what if we treated it like it was? And what did they do when there was uh, the prophets would say like, hey, you know, God wants you to repent. What if we actually did that ourselves? What if we actually woke up in this time and we did turn to God and say, God, we are sorry for the way that we've treated this planet, your planet. We are sorry for the way that we treat people. Forgive us. I could say a whole lot more about this thing of uh, of bad things like natural events. Uh, I will just say this one thing though. Um, again, it's just time. Like, like I say, seriously, I could have done this. I could have done two hours on this message. And, and um, I wonder if I should do that sometime. We'll just see how long you last. <laughs> yeah. People will just slowly trickle out the back door and be me and Stanley here right at the end. <laughs> no, nah, just me. Stanley's saying, no, nah, it'll just be you. <laughs> Sound guys be packing up <laughs> halfway through. But again, and it's, um, I'll lob this out there without a chance to really unpack it more. But, um, but there are evil forces in this world, principalities and powers, and our scriptures talk about how they have this ability to influence nature. And I'm lobbing that, and you're going, like, Really? Like, talk to me more about that. Well, I want to get you home for lunch. So um, there's, a, there's a great book uh, by Dr. Greg Boyd called Letters from a Skeptic. I've uh, uh, talked about this before. It's uh, really just letters between him and his dad who didn't believe in God. And, uh, and by the end of these letters, he had come to a place of, uh, of faith. So, uh, and they just looked at lots of questions. So, but in this book... Um, He says this, the earth has been literally besieged by a power outside itself. There is a power of pure evil which now affects everything and everybody on earth. The creator is not the only influence any longer. This is why the earth can be so incredibly beautiful on the one hand and so incredibly nightmarish in the other. So that may be another conversation for another day, but if that's like, whoa, you know, read the Bible. Okay. Finding solid ground through what we trust in. Finding solid ground through what we trust in. And the thing is that nothing that we try and build on in this world is secure. 
nothing is secure. And it's like, oh, you know, the insurance companies, they'll be trying to say, like, it's okay, we've got you. And I was looking at some different in, in, insurance companies, and, you know, there's all sorts of things you can get insurance for. You can get, obviously, insurance for your house. You can get insurance for your car. You can get insurance for uh, travel insurance. Well, not that we need that at the moment, but um, business insurance, life insurance. You can get pet insurance. Pet insurance. Um, and some of the lines that these insurance companies say, so like, we're here when you need us most. I'm like, oh. Um, we never stop working to earn your trust. We have you covered. I'm thinking, yeah, but like stuff can still happen. You know, we can try, we can do everything that we can. We can get insurance for everything. You know, we can save lots of money. We can um, just put things in place and go like, you know, build our, build our fortress. But nothing is fail safe. And people, people trust in lots of things. One of the things that um, one of the things that I noticed happened at the start of when the virus started to go crazy in uh, in the United States is that uh, people started lining up at the gun stores. Uh, in March in the USA, two million guns were sold. People trusting in things, but it's not solid ground. Some people trust in riches, Proverbs 11, 28. Those who trust in their riches will fall. I mean, it's good to be smart around your money, looking at investments and retirement funds and savings, but they're not 100% secure. Do we trust in ourselves? You know, I'm got some, you know, I've got a good education, I've been, my career's going well. Proverbs 28, 25 says this. Proverbs really just smacks, smacks it to you, you know. Those who trust in themselves are fools. Really easy for me to say this up here, like to all of you, just a general thing, like a lot harder if I was like standing in front of you one-on-one, -on -one. it's like, oh, I've got this, and I'm like, oh, no, no, those who trust in themselves are fools. It's like, we, ooh, we don't say that, do we? We don't say that to people. Proverbs does. But there is some solid ground that we can stand on when it comes to this whole thing of what do we trust in. And we're here this morning because we're people of faith. And we're people that are going, like, we can trust in God. We can trust in God. Psalm 46, 1 to three says this, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Trust in God. Trust in God. Everything else is giving way. You know, 50 times throughout the Psalms, and these are, the, these are people, they wrote these that just were inspired by God and uh, just understood this. And they wrote 50 times, it says that God is our refuge, a safe place, a strong tower. And when we're speaking of God as our refuge, we're saying like God is our ultimate security. 
that we have set all our hope on God, that we're finding our strength in God. Another Psalm 61, Hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call to you, I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, that place of solid ground. For you have been my refuge, a strong, strong tower against the foe. Lead me to the rock. And if we're making God our refuge, our strong tower, our solid ground, it doesn't mean that we're immune from uh, storms in life. You know, I love we sang that song earlier. Um, you know, though the storms rage, we trust in you. We stand on you. You know, sometimes, sometimes we're in a storm and God does miraculously intervene. Has anyone ever, ever experienced that? Like, uh, that in the midst of a storm, God has miraculously intervened. A lot of hands, a lot of nodding going on around the place. And it's, it's, a, it's a cool thing. But, and it's, yeah, but the more common experience, it's like the story of the disciples with Jesus and they're in the boat on the Sea of Galilee. And they start off and the weather's okay and then it gets really, really bad and they're a, they are worried that the boats are going to get swamped. Now these are guys that been out on boats these are a lot of these guys are were fishermen for a living so that like they don't scare easily and they're going like this is bad we could go down here and uh but the thing with them wasn't that they uh that the storm was going to take them out the, the key thing here is that jesus was with them in the boat jesus was with them in the boat and what it means is that when we have God as our, as our solid ground, God as our refuge, it just means that he goes through the things we go through with us. We're not, we're not alone. You never have to face sickness alone. If you learn to know God, if you, if you choose by faith to go like, this is where I'm going to put my hope and my trust. You don't go through sickness alone. You don't go through financial challenges alone. You don't go through a job loss alone. God is with you. God is with you. You know, the, um, the Apostle Paul, again, we read that uh, he was a guy that, with, as he sought to share the good news of Jesus across uh, Asia and across Europe, uh, came under incredible persecution. And at one stage, he he was talking to the church in Corinth in, in one of his letters, and he says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And he goes, you know what? We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. You know, he's under so much pressure, but he's not crushed. No, and it's, it's not because he's, he's tough. It's because he's saying that God's strength is supernatural, really sustaining me. Now, when we get bad news, we can know that same supernatural strength from God. Solid ground. And talks about he was perplexed. You know, you often read about Paul the Apostle, and he's a smart guy. But he's saying, like, I, I perplexed. Perplexed just means that I've got no idea what's going on. I'm, you know, I've got no idea. And, uh, but he's standing on solid ground he's saying i'm perplexed but i'm not in despair leaning into god finding strength in him 
You know, there's a, um, a great book, an interesting name of the book too. Um, it's a book by a guy called Dallas Willard, and it's called The Divine Conspiracy. It's like, this is the, and it's, uh, which is a great title for, you know, this season that we're in. But it's, a, it's really, is, it's, he's an incredible uh, author, and this was kind of his magnum opus book, really. It's, uh, if you're thinking about wanting to read a great book just on the kingdom of God and what it like, is like to live a life of faith and understanding some of the, you know, the things in the Bible that may be a little bit confusing to you, this is such a great book. But he, he says in it, uh, he says, you can't say that Jesus is Lord unless you also can say that Jesus is smart. Because if we just think that Jesus is some guy, that lovely guy that sort of tiptoed around Israel and said nice things, but we don't think he's smart, then we're not going to follow him. We're not going to actually follow him. We're not going to take the things that he teaches and go like, this is... This is the rock I'm going to build my life on. We have to believe, understand and know that he is smart. And so many people uh, have said, yes, I'm going to live the Jesus way. And then they discover, oh my goodness, this, he really is smart. This is working. This is making life make sense. This is pulling everything together. This is like, in this situation, and I like, did things the way that Jesus invited me to do. And it's like, this is, this, this is the way life's meant to work. And that is what following Jesus is. It's going, Jesus is smart, smarter than me, so I'm just going to learn what he, what he teaches, try and do what he teaches. I'm going to look at how he lives. I'm going to try and live how he lived. And that's, that's my vote for where I'm going to find solid ground. That's what I'm going to trust in. That's what I'm going to trust in. Putting all my trust in Jesus. The last thing I was going to talk about was finding solid ground with how we engage with others. Um, I think we're out of time. So read this if, you've got, if you'd like to do some homework. Would you like to do some homework? Really? Good. Romans chapter 14. And Paul the Apostle is talking to the church because they were arguing with each other about vegetables. They were saying, some were saying, you can't eat these vegetables. And others were saying, no, it's okay to eat these vegetables. And the heart of it is, is Paul's just saying, is like, don't let any of you disagree. Decide what you believe, but accept other people. Don't let these issues break unity. Don't let these issues break unity. You can have a read of that. I might just read this just on that his principle was hang out be friends have rich conversations and fight for good ideas over bad ones but stay friends that's literally what that's all about you know don't judge one another over what you each believe but live according to your own conscience and conviction by the spirit after thought prayer and learning and reading the word but never break unity over your disagreements. There's this, uh, I'll just finish with this. There's this really odd scripture that I found this week um, in Proverbs. And it's just this whole thing. It's like finding solid ground. Listen to this. Um, 
before I uh, share it with you, um, Jacinda and I, my wife, Jacinda and I, um, I didn't go traveling with the Prime Minister, uh, but we went to uh, Israel uh, a few years back. Incredible privilege to be able to do that. And around the Sea of Galilee, uh, around the water's edge, there's like different areas, you know, headlands and rock areas and everything. And uh, there's this funny animal there, and it's, uh, it's a rock badger. It's like a giant guinea pig, like a giant guinea pig, like a guinea pig about the size of your dog. And um, they're really weird. But there's this odd verse in Proverbs that it's just, again, a little bit of wisdom saying, look at the things of nature and get some wisdom, wisdom from it. Proverbs 30, verse 26. Rock badgers are neither strong nor powerful, but they are wise enough to live in the safety of solid rock. You know, you don't have to be strong or powerful to have a life where it's solid. You just have to be smart enough, wise enough to find the facts and trust in God. You could be a rock badger. I know I said I was going to finish with that, but I'm actually going to finish with this. Last one. This is the words of Jesus in the great Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 to 7. And he finishes you know, what many would say is the greatest sermon ever preached. And he finishes with this. Anyone who pays attention to my words and puts it into practice is like a wise person who built his house on a solid rock foundation. Then a storm arose, the rain poured down, and the floodwaters rose, and the storm winds beat hard against that house, yet it did not collapse. Nothing moved it because it was anchored to the rock. But everyone who hears my word and does not practice it is like a foolish person who built his house on sand. When the storm hit and the rain poured down and the floodwaters rose and the winds blew against that house, it completely collapsed with a huge crash. So the question for all of us is that we have to ask it today, what are we building our life on? What are we building? Because none of us go looking for building our life on shifting sands. You know, we, we choose, we're, we're looking for something solid. But often we'll stand on something and we'll realize like, whoa, that wasn't what I was hoping for. But what are we building our life on? And Jesus is saying, you know what? You can try all these things, but if you want solid, if you want a solid foundation for your life, Listen to my words and put them into practice. Put your trust in Jesus. It's interesting that it says about, talks about the, the storm, it talks about the rains, talks about the winds, talks about the floods. It's like, you know, you could be looking up, oh, there's rains, and then your feet can be wet, you know? Like, you just often don't know where the storm's going to come from. You, you, sometimes you can't see it coming because the winds come from the side, the rains come from above, the floods are coming up from the bottom. And Jesus is saying, you'll be all right if you listen to my words and you put them into practice. Solid ground. Solid ground. And a life built on the solid ground of Jesus will not be shaken.
thanks again for tuning in to today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. If you're keen to find out more about us as a church whānau, you're welcome to go to coast.org.nz or of course we'd love to meet you in person. We meet at 10am at Aurewa College on the beautiful Hibiscus Coast and you're more than welcome. Be blessed and have a great day.